this episode of FarzCast. Farzine Vasugin here with you on a Wednesday evening. We are also streaming this live on my Facebook page, facebook.com slash Vasugin. So for those of you watching live or watching uh, the archived version of this, much appreciated. Come on in. Let's talk some football. A lot of craziness taking place um, in football this week. I mean, what do you even say? Uh, a lot to get into here. Obviously, we'll touch on the... Drama with the roughing the passer bullshit. Uh, I mean, there's just a lot to get into with that. So we'll touch on that. Uh, Mahomes, Brady, Chris Jones, the Falcons. I mean, a team. more and more names are just getting involved here. I think I have an idea to maybe find a solution to this. There is an update that just came out about 30, a couple hours ago. Uh, but I think a lot of people are just picking up on that news now. So... Uh, I just mentioned, I just shared it on the page. I'll talk about it because uh, I think it is worth getting into for sure. Uh, let's see. Other things to talk about. The Chiefs beating the Raiders. Crazy night. A lot of drama coming out of that one. The biggest story coming out of that game. Not just the uh, roughing the passer story, but what happened with Devontae Adams afterwards. And that story uh, being talked about quite a lot. On a Wednesday, a um, lot of interesting reactions, and I have some reactions to those reactions. I'll get into that, to, into that a little later on. And uh, also, uh, some Week 6 key matchups. There are a lot of great games for Week 6 this weekend. Um, I think there's a case that a lot of games that are going to be taking place this week could be primetime worthy flex games. Maybe two of them are only worthy of flexing. I mean, the Cowboys-Eagles, they're already on Sunday night. The only other one really worth flexing would be Bills-Chiefs. Those two teams are going to be playing for the number one spot in the AFC for uh, six weeks into the season. So it's going to be a lot of fun to see uh, that matchup as well as several others. I'll get into that later on. Yeah, a lot of people watching live on the Facebook page. Much appreciated for those joining me here. If you guys haven't, please give this live stream a like share it as well and uh if you guys haven't already please make sure you're subscribed to the podcast uh just search for farcecast on apple google spotify wherever you listen to your podcast uh farcecast is just about everywhere so make sure you give it a listen try to do more of these live podcasts on here i know a lot of you guys liked uh like the uh podcast that we did i think not last week but the week before so i want to try to do more of these live podcasts with you guys because i know you guys really like it plus i i like the live interaction with you guys to read some of the uh the comments on here so big again um once again much appreciated for those who are coming on uh real quickly facebook.com slash farzine vasugan that is the facebook page follow me on on twitter at farzine 21 instagram at farzine vasugan that is when we uh where we do the giveaways and we are going to announce it's exactly six o'clock as I record this. In exactly two hours, we will be doing a uh, giveaway. I actually need to um, need to mention that real quickly on the uh, Facebook page to remind everybody. Uh, but yeah, we are going to announce the winners for the uh, Chiefs zombie figures in exactly two hours. So make sure you guys get on that if you haven't entered for a chance to win yet. Uh, doing two giveaways, one on Instagram. And one on Twitter. All right, there. Just need to post that on uh, on Facebook. Re- share that. Basically, uh, retweeting it in a way, except it's not really retweet. You get the idea. But anyway, lot to get on. Uh, lot to talk about. I see a lot of you guys already talking about the the game between the uh, 
Chiefs and Raiders and the whole roughing the passer situation. A lot of you guys are already talking about the uh, Devontae Adams situation. <laughs> Enrique says, how come Adams could not push me down? See, in this situation, everyone would love to get uh, get shoved here. Uh, everyone, look, look, I have some thoughts on that because a lot of people are criticizing the guy. It, it turns out he's a college student. Um so we'll uh, we'll get into that later. Michael says, "How do you pick the winners? Just at random, man. Uh, I'll just scroll through, pick someone, make sure they followed all the rules, they did everything they needed to do, and uh, pick a winner. Simple as that." But let's start with the whole roughing the passer deal because it is something that everyone has been talking about this week. It all started with Sunday when Tom Brady got sacked. Against the Atlanta Falcons. The Falcons rallied in the fourth quarter. And at that time, they really had a chance to tie the game. Uh, but a sack on third down prevented the Falcons from getting the ball back. And next thing you know, Buccaneers got a first down after a roughing the passer call. Brady appeared to be trying to kick the defender off of him. I mean, it's not like he laid on top of him for a long period of time. He actually got up immediately, but... And it's weird because on Monday night, Mahomes, there was an incident where Mahomes slipped, got right back up, and then got sacked the exact same way Tom Brady did. Uh, a couple of people actually did a really good job on social media pointing that out. Uh, Dan Lebetard, who was with ESPN Radio for a very long time, he actually uh, uploaded a video showing both of those sacks and... Brady got the flag and Mahomes didn't. They mentioned it on uh, SiriusXM NFL Radio. Bruce Murray mentioned it. And his co-host, Rich Gannon, who formerly of the Chiefs, uh, and, uh, as well as the Raiders, he actually joked and said, well, Mahomes isn't Brady. Uh, that's why he didn't get that call. And listen, I'm not one of those people. Anyone who's followed me a very long time knows I don't like to blame referees. I think it's a very sore loser mentality. Those losses the Chiefs had to the Bengals last year in January, both of them, a lot of Chiefs fans blame those games on officiating, and I just think that's a sore loser mentality. The Chiefs were up by, I believe, 18 in both of those games, at least by three possessions in both of those games, and that you know, you can't, you, you can't blame Games like that on officiating. By the way, Raiders fans are blaming Monday night's loss on uh, officiating. Really? You were up 17-0 and you benefited from, uh, uh, from a sack, a strip sack recovery that was nullified and eventually helped you get three points. And you're going to blame the loss on officiating, even though the Raiders were up 17 nothing at one point. See, this is why I don't ever blame referees for games. Because it is a sore loser's mentality. Um, it's, it's just dumb. It really is. Mark says the Brady law. Yeah, that is that is how that works. Uh, Lisa says Mahomes is better than Brady. That's why he didn't get the call. And there's one theory. Unfortunately, Super Bowl 55 and some other postseason matchups beg to differ. Wagner says that's just one world to talk about uh, those roughing passes. Shame. Oh, the Game of Thrones reference. I like that. Colt says bad calls by the refs. I get it, but Raiders fans will not quit crying. You know what's funny about Raiders? I'm not going to go into the Chiefs-Raiders game too much, which is unfortunate because it was a nice win. But it was overshadowed by all the controversy during the game and after the game, which I'll get into Devontae Adams thing uh, later. And there was a Raiders player who made a very big claim after the game 
I want to touch on that as well. Um, I will say this. I mean, all the Raiders fans who spent all offseason talking about how great they are, many of them came to this page telling me all summer long, oh, well, the Chiefs are going to suck without Tyreek Hill, and we got Devontae Adams. We're going to be great. Well, the team that doesn't have Tyreek Hill anymore is 4-1, and one, and the team that got Devontae Adams and had a big hand in chasing Tyreek Hill out of the division is 1-4. and four. And Raiders fans... And I've been keeping a close eye on, on Raiders fans this, this year because I really want to see their reactions each game. Because obviously it, it, this season has not gone their way and it's about to get even worse with Adams facing discipline. Uh, they just don't know what the consequence is going to be just yet. But this whole situation, man, I, I mean, the Raiders are 1-4 are, are and four, and Raiders fans are blaming referees every single loss. Imagine that. Imagine that. Yeah, I don't know, Colt. I, I mean, I agree. Those are bad things. But the, the, the drink thing, yeah. I mean, there's evidence of that. But the racial slur, do we know if that happened for a fact? I mean, there was a Washington receiver that that said the same thing about happening at Arrowhead after a game and, and later admitted that there was no evidence of it. I mean, look, I, I don't know why he'd make it up. But when you make a claim like that, you better have evidence of that you definitely need evidence of that um but the whole thing about the nfl i i completely missed the comment someone was asking has the nfl gone soft cubby was asking this look i don't know if they've gone soft it's just the problem is this the problem is and i just gave a great example of it brady and mahomes uh got sacked the same way this past week one got the flag the other didn't so here's the issue. Number one, we're seeing a lot of inconsistency. And I understand some referees might let certain things slide and whatnot. Um, but when it comes to a, something like roughing the passer or interference, we got to see that call, be called the same way with all the referees across the board. So it, it's one of those situations where I don't know exactly why that why is it that the nfl has a consistency issue with this okay um chris jones a couple weeks ago got in matt ryan's face obviously there's some some shit talking going on well guess what chris jones got fine or not fine but flagged for uh unsportsmanlike conduct did you not see there were raiders players talking shit with mahomes number i don't know who number 25 is he, uh, he he was shouting at Mahomes. Max Crosby actually got in Mahomes' face. I mean, you could see helmets rocking back a little bit uh, on one of the replays there. That's not unsportsmanlike conduct. That's not taunting. I mean, maybe he gets fined for it later in the week. Listen, I don't care if a player gets fined or not. I care more about the, the, whether or not the flag comes. Tyreek Hill uh, was once taunting the Broncos. He didn't get flagged for it, but got fined for it later in the week. So uh, it is possible to still be fined for something you were not flagged for. Um, by the way, a lot of people are saying, "Well, you got to start firing the referees." We're gonna be—we're not gonna have any referees left if we do that. Um, I don't think—I don't think firing referees is the solution here. I think one solution would be to actually hold them accountable and start fining referees. I guarantee you, referees are gonna start calling things a lot better. 
if you actually start finding them. They don't get paid a whole lot. I don't know uh, how much the average referee makes in the NFL. It's not much. Um, maybe the best referee out there maybe makes close to six figures. I don't know. I don't really know. But if you start finding these officials, I, I think, you know, that's where the accountability will start. But here's the problem. The NFL doesn't give a shit. Roger Goodell doesn't give a damn. Listen, there have been a lot of fans in media in unison calling out the NFL, Al Reveron, Roger Goodell. It's not going to work. It hasn't worked. Why is it going to work now? In fact, there was just a story that came out. Adam Schefter tweeted this. I'm going to pull up the exact tweet uh, just to um, have it word for word. His first tweet says, a league source said today that, quote, there is no backing down on enforcing rules that are in place to protect the health and safety of players, including quarterbacks, who by rule are considered defenseless players when they are facing when they are in a passing posture. Well, apparently you cannot uh, sack a quarterback from behind at this point. Um, I guess you could look at look at it this way and say it was a a good call by the officials. Uh, the one on Chris Jones sacking Derek Carr, but it's a bad rule. I can understand it that way. I, I, I can't really argue that, especially with the way Schefter is wording this from his source. He then follows it up with another tweet saying, through week five, roughing the passer calls are actually down uh, 45% compared to a year ago. They were 51% at this time of the season in 2021-28 this season. So uh, there's that. Uh, look, it, it's got to change, though. I mean, how is it that you cannot tackle, or, or in this case, sack a quarterback from behind, but you can you can tackle a ball carrier from behind? Why can you not do this with, uh, with a quarterback? I don't understand that. Uh, because if quarterbacks are considered defenseless when they're in a passing motion from behind. So if they're trying to run for a first down, it's okay to tackle them from behind. That makes zero sense. That rule needs to change. And it doesn't need to change in the offseason. It needs to change now. I mean, this is just brutal. Now, the roughing the passer call on Brady, I mean, that was just, that's just blatant bullshit. I, I don't even have the words for it. That has no, not even close to roughing the passer. Um, there was an incident where Chris Jones just touched his shoulder pad. Um, and it wasn't like he came in late in that AFC Championship game and got called for roughing the passer. Zachary says New York needs to have the ability to override a penalty just like they do down uh, to down plays. Well, that's a, that's a problem, Zachary. The, the, it's, it's, technically, it's the right call. It's just a really terrible rule. Elaine says it's Brady. Yeah, I know. Um, it, look, look, and I'm not one of those people that likes to get on referees or say, oh, it's Brady. But it is starting to get a little questionable. I, I mean, I know I'm one of, one of the last people to really say this, but how is it that Brady keeps getting these calls? Even Rich Gannon was joking about it on the radio today, okay? Uh, I, I mean, that to me, it's like, you can't. You can't make this up. You've got, you know, former players who are now analysts even making references to this. Eddie says, I'm with Troy. The NFL needs to take the dresses off this. 
A lot of people got offended when Troy made that comment. I, I even people who like have no rooting interest with the Chiefs and Raiders, um, cancel culture was going after Troy Aikman. Which, look, if I'm being honest, I don't think uh, I don't think people are going to be so upset if Troy Aikman gets canceled. Uh, but listen, in all seriousness, I know a lot of people don't like Troy Aikman and Joe Buck. I actually like Joe Buck. I know a lot of people don't. But can we please give them credit because broadcasters in general. Um, especially like the the broadcasters on CBS, Fox, NBC, and ESPN, they're very, very careful with questioning calls or criticizing officials. And I think even this weekend, uh, Buck and um, Buck and Aikman, they were still very careful with it. But they actually did cross this line a little bit, where they actually did question some of the officiating. But I mentioned earlier. Um, fans in the media, they, they can't do anything about it. Players and coaches, they have to be careful with what they say because they do get fined. Uh, even when they're cautiously speaking, they're still say, saying a lot. But still, Roger Goodell doesn't care. What about the owners, okay? Where's Clark Hunt? I know Clark Hunt's not the most vocal person in the world, especially when you compare him to other owners, but... He's still someone whose opinion is worth a damn. He's an NFL owner. What if he spoke up? Where's Tavia Hunt? I've seen Tavia Hunt on social media call out certain things, whether it's from a fan or from a media member. Remember a few years ago when um, uh, Mike Florio of Pro Football Focus was talking about Mahomes' style of play and how different it is. At the time, it was not something we were used to. And when the 49ers and Chiefs were getting ready to play in the Super Bowl, Florio was insinuating the idea that maybe the 49ers should go hard on Mahomes and even commit like a roughing, or uh, what's the penalty? Uh, like a late hit uh, on Mahomes. And Tavia Hunt called it out. Where's Arthur Blank? He absolutely needs to call out the owners after what his team just went through. The owners need to team up because if there's anyone that has the power, if they speak up, they could actually influence a change. It's the 32 owners. And maybe they're supporting cast. Like in, in this case with, with Clark Hunt, yeah, he's recognized as the owner, but the Hunt family, uh, I mean, there are a lot of people who have a hand in the, in the team's ownership, like Tavia Hunt. So why are the owners not speaking up? Because they're, at this point, me personally, I feel like they're the only ones at this point who can hold the NFL and specifically Roger Goodell accountable. By the way, why is I've said this many times on, uh, on, on podcasts and live streams. I'll say it again. Why the hell is Roger Goodell not doing media each week? Or at least each month? Because if there's anyone who I want to... I don't give a damn anymore about what Andy Reid has to say. I don't care about Chris Jones and what he has to say. What are they going to say? Of course they're going to disagree with it. I don't care what those guys have to say anymore. I care about what Roger Goodell has to say. I want to hear from Roger Goodell. But unfortunately, Roger Goodell, who requires players and coaches to speak up each week, does not do media hardly ever. He might speak... Late in the regular season, he'll do a press conference with selected members of the national media. He'll do some media for Super Bowl week and then for draft week. That's it. That's the only time you ever hear from Roger Goodell. The only time you ever hear from 
the owners is usually when, or at least with the, with Clark Hunt in Kansas City, the way I've noticed it is when the Chiefs are eliminated from playoff contention or when they clinch the AFC West. That's usually when Clark Hunt uh, speaks up. Um, uh, usually before or after the draft, you'll hear from Clark Hunt. And then uh, early in training camp, you'll hear from Clark Hunt. Then there are certain um, times, like for instance, when uh, when Len Dawson passed away. Obviously, that's a time when, when Clark definitely needed to, uh, to speak up. He, there are times where Clark Hunt issued a statement... In 2012, one was where uh, Eric Winston called out Chiefs fans because of the whole Matt Castle drama, which he backtracked on the next day, and the national media didn't talk about that. And then uh, when the Javon Belcher, the unfortunate incident that went down, uh, Clark Hunt did uh, release a statement then. Um, But other than that, Clark Hunt hardly speaks. I want to hear from Clark Hunt as well. What does he have to say about all this? Roger Goodell, I'm trying to read some of your guys' comments. Uh, Goodell is rubbing elbows with Bezos. He doesn't care. He's making the money. Yeah. Helps. I mean, listen, these owners are all billionaires. Um, I I mean, they're not suffering from this. And here's the worst part. Here's what's crazy to me. Because in the past, for decades, people have called out the NFL. And, you know, people have called out the NFL for bad officiating. For players drinking and driving. But the one time where there was true outrage, and when I say true, I don't really mean that in a literal sense, but when there was some actual outrage that created serious talk was players protesting during the national anthem. The only time people really threatened to boycott, which, yeah, ratings went down a little bit, but the NFL was still the king of ratings. Nobody was beating them in the ratings. The only time people actually had a were furious with the NFL was... Boycotting during the national anthem. Not when players are uh, are uh, getting in trouble off the field. Not when there are terrible calls that are impacting games. But did it for uh, pro- national anthem protests. Uh, but listen, at this point, it doesn't matter what fans in, in uh, the media have to say. It doesn't matter what players say. It doesn't matter what coaches say. The owners need to step up here. And you know what? Maybe players and the coaches need to publicly call out their own owners. I know that's a very bold move. Not a lot of people want to do that, but you know, y- 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 at this point, you got to look to your owners for help. I mean, don't you don't you want Chris Jones to say, "Hey, Clark, can you please speak up on this? Can you please reach out to Roger Goodell on this and do it publicly, as well as the other owners?" I, I-, I don't know. It's just frustrating that we deal with this a lot. Daniel says someone needs really needs to legally override the NFL and its unconstitutional violations of freedom of speech. A comp- corporation company, which is the NFL, can't have rules and penalties against things such as freedom of speech. Um, listen, I don't disagree with you, Daniel, on the whole freedom of speech thing. Um, but in this case, you know, the NFL, the NBA has a very strict policy on publicly criticizing officials which is just ludicrous to me um you know corporations and businesses do have the ability to place those policies down um and i don't agree with that Uh, i don't agree that you can't criticize referees andy reed multiple times has said that he can't speak up on this because then he'll get fined 
And listen, is Andy Reid some guy who's desperate for money? I'm not saying just, you know, give away money to the NFL uh, for getting fined, but uh, if Andy Reid spoke up, if if uh, Bill Belichick spoke up, and I don't know what other head coaches you could really talk about, active head coaches that is, uh, what other active head coaches could really make a, make a splash by calling out the NFL? Maybe Pete Carroll, uh, but a lot of them don't because, you know, they don't want to get fined. And I understand that, even though they all have a lot of money, um, you still don't want to get fined. I, I mean, I, I'm not in, I'm not encouraging these guys to just lose money, but it is kind of annoying that, uh, yeah, Brian, that's a good point. Uh, Mike Tomlin, he's another guy that I think he his word holds a lot of weight for sure. But I don't know, man. It's it's frustrating for sure. And to me, the only way uh, you can really do something about it is if you're an owner in the NFL, speak up, don't be afraid, call out Goodell, because I think that's the only way things will change. All right, Chiefs beat the Raiders uh, 30-29, to and it's really hard to kind of discuss that game without talking about the controversies we pretty much just talked about. But I will say this. Uh, Travis Kelsey, he had a weird game, seven catches for 25 yards. If you told me before the game that Travis Kelsey was going to catch uh, seven passes for 25 yards, I would have told you for sure he would have had zero uh, touchdowns in that game, and that he had a shitty game all around, and that the Chiefs probably would have lost this game unless Juju or MVS had a monster game to help lift the Chiefs. Uh, but it, it actually ended up being the complete opposite. Uh, Kelsey came through with not one, not two, not three, but four touchdowns, all four of Patrick Mahomes' touchdown passes went to Travis Kelsey, which, you know, you don't usually see Mahomes throw four touchdowns all to one player. He does a great job of distributing distributing the ball. It just happened in this game. Kelsey was the guy in the red zone who uh, was the big threat to uh, get in and score. And there was one great play from McCole Hardman. I highlighted this on my page yesterday where McCole Hardman uh, just went out there and dominated uh, a Raiders defender, blocked blocked him all the way through the play until Kelsey got into the end zone. And when Kelsey uh, uh, broke the, the line, the goal line, uh, McCole Hardman actually pushed him to the ground, which was nice to see. And he had a good game too, McCole Hardman, that is. Uh, so it was good to see. I know a lot of people have been critical of him. Uh, so uh, I, I love seeing that from him. But Travis Kelsey, man, I've said this time and time and time again. I just wrote about this uh, on ArrowheadAddict.com. Travis Kelsey is the best tight end in NFL history. When it comes to average catches, yards, and touchdowns per playoff game, no one's better than Travis Kelsey in that in the tight end position. Nobody. Yeah, he is living the Al Bundy life, Daniel. Yes, he is. Um, Travis Kelsey has, what, five or six, 1,000, I think it's six uh, consecutive seasons of 1,000 receiving yards, and it's about to become seven. It's going to be seven later this year, as long as he stays healthy. No other tight end has had more than three seasons of 1,000 receiving yards. Kelsey has had six in a row. The things that Travis Kelsey is doing, no other tight end has done. Um, he just had a four-touchdown game, which has not been done by a tight end since 1985. Uh, he's the fourth tight end in NFL history to catch four touchdowns in a single game. So to me, Travis Kelsey is the best tight end in NFL history. Now, obviously, he doesn't have the career yards, touchdowns, and catches 
Uh, I know Gonzalez holds a couple of those, but if you give Travis Kelsey the time, I think he'll come at least very close or will surpass Tony Gonzalez in all of those categories. And the thing about Travis Kelsey, I think he just turned 34 years old last week. Let me double check on the age for that real quickly. Um, yeah, oh, he just turned 33, uh, so even better. Uh, Travis Kelsey just turned 33 years old, but the way he plays out there, uh, he doesn't look like he's 33. I mean, this guy's got some some years left in the tank, which is awesome to see. Elaine says, I didn't hear them say Mahomes passed Aikman. Yeah, they did not mention that on the broadcast. Maybe they didn't even know, honestly. I, I would not put it past them. Considering it was a big story, USA Today wrote about it, and there was a, t- a, couple, a few tweets that actually went viral. I, I remember writing about it on, uh, on the page, on Facebook. I, it got more than 26,000 reactions. So, uh, it's a thing. Um, I don't know. I mean, maybe Troy Aikman's sensitive about that kind of thing. I don't know. Because I remember uh, The Athletic, mentioned they had a tweet in 2019, I think, saying that Mahomes already has 33% of, uh, of Troy Aikman's touchdown pass career total. And then he got all upset about it and wrote a tweet saying, well, talk when he has a third of my championship wins, which later that season Mahomes did accomplish. Um, so I don't know. Uh, I don't know what the deal with that is. But uh, yeah, it, it was great to see Kelsey surpassed uh, Gronk for most yards last week. And this week, Mahomes surpassed... Aikman for most touchdown passes in a career, which is really cool to see. And Mahomes is doing that at such a young age. Mahomes has a really good chance to be the youngest player to throw for X amount of yards and touchdowns. And by the time his career is over, which hopefully is not for a very long time, there's a very good chance that he will hold a lot of records. And not just that, set the bar very high. It could be it could be a very assuming Mahomes at the rate he's going. He keeps going at that at that rate, that trajectory. But by the time his career is over, it could take a very, very long time for anyone to, to beat his records. Um, for all the years that the Chiefs have not had a quarterback and kept passing on other quarterbacks in the draft, boy, I'll tell you what, it was very well worth it. Joshua says McKinnon was running hard Monday night. Yeah, he was. McKinnon's a good... Listen, the Chiefs have three good running backs there. Uh, McKinnon, Pacheco, and Edwards Alaire... Um, last week, Edwards, Alaire, and Pacheco were uh, carrying the load. They were doing. They had a nice one-two punch. They had a nice little duo going there. And then uh, Monday night, it was McKinnon who was the better running back. Um, it's kind of like the the wide receivers too. Uh, one day, MVS will be the best wide receiver. The next game, it could be Juju. It could be Justin Watson. The next game could be MVS again. Could be McColl the next. Um, the Chiefs don't have other than Travis Kelsey. They don't really have. Uh, like a like a player that's just a home run hitter, you know. With Tyree Kill moving on, and I know people don't like to hear about it, but it is a, a f- main storyline with this football team this year. How does this offense move on from Tyree Kill? And the way you do it is offense by committee behind Travis Kelsey. You know, if um, if you got three or four players who have eighty or seventy five rushing slash receiving yards. Well, a lot of that is probably being made up due to Tyreek Hill moving on. I think Clyde Edwards-Alaire, I think part of the reason why we're starting to see more of him uh, make bigger plays probably has to do with the fact that, you know, originally those big plays would have probably gone to Tyreek Hill instead. But because he's no longer on the team, you have the Chiefs 
using the running game more. Um, you know, the wide receivers and the running backs and the backup tight ends. Because Jody Fortson and Noah Gray, they've been playing a lot more this year, for sure. And I know part of it is because Blake Bell's hurt. But you have a lot of you have a lot of players on this Chiefs offense stepping up, making plays. Um, they're not going to make the same plays each week. I mean, it's going to be a different guy each week. Mahomes even joked about this before the season. He said, hey, look, sorry, fantasy football owners, but we're not going to have the same guy shine each and every single game outside of Travis Kelsey. And I think anyone, I even mentioned that uh, in the offseason, that this is a lot of people did. So it's good to see the Chiefs uh, moving the ball uh, the way they are. Um, Definitely need to, the effort they had Sunday night, last Sunday night against the Bucs, a very good Bucks defense. Boy, uh, they need to uh, they need to have the same effort for this Sunday against the Bills. And what's really cool about that Bills game, uh, it's on CBS, but it's actually going to be a nationally televised game because there are not going to be any other 325 games uh, for uh, CBS. That's the only one, and every every market will get that game. Now, some might get it late if uh, certain games go to overtime, but everyone. Across the country, we'll get that game on CBS. So no need for Sunday Ticket or NFL Plus or any of that to uh, to watch the uh, Chiefs and Bills game this Sunday, which is which is the right way to do it. I mean, come on, especially after the way that game ended last year and the AFC Championship or uh, AFC Divisional Round game. Hundred percent need to make it pretty much like a primetime game. What's my prediction? Uh, I'll um, I'll get into that on, on our Red Friday live stream, Kurt. Uh, I'll, I usually do the predictions on the Red Friday live stream. I mean, I'm picking the Chiefs. I always do. Uh, Christina says, have you ever listened to Kelsey's podcast with his brother? He definitely talks about getting rid of Hill and how the other guys have been brought into the position. I have not heard that, Christina. I've seen some clips of it. It's, it's a really good podcast from the things I've heard. I, I've, I've not heard a full podcast from start to finish. I've actually been really bad at listening to podcasts lately. I have a lot of podcasts I'm way behind on. Probably will never catch up on and just need to let them go. Um, but I definitely need to subscribe to the New Heights podcast and listen to that more. Especially when you got a guy like Kelsey. Um, you know, a lot of people are doing podcasts now. Tyreek Hill, as we all know, is doing a podcast uh, Kelsey's doing his during the season, which is good. We're um, doing it with his brother, which certainly uh, makes it more enticing. Got two brothers in the NFL, uh, two Pro Bowlers. So, yeah, I definitely need to uh, catch a full episode. Uh, Brian says, Mahomes broke the merge 1970 record for most divisional wins. Oh, I did not know that. That's that's good to know. I, I haven't seen that set anywhere, but I'll take your word for it. Uh, Brian just asked same question. Uh, so I answered earlier prediction for Chiefs Bills. Yeah, I'm gonna answer that um during the uh, Red Friday live stream. Trey Smith, I believe you practiced today. Uh, I believe you practiced. Sean says I thought the game could get flexed. Yeah, but they're not gonna take the Eagles out because they're undefeated right now and they're facing a really good Cowboys team that is undefeated with um with Cooper Rush ever since he started. So uh, I don't mind it. I don't mind it. Um, I think it's the right call. If if there was a different game on Sunday night scheduled, yeah, I would absolutely believe that they should flex that out and um, and put in the Chiefs um, Chiefs and Bills. Okay, a lot of people have been asking me, what do I think about Odell Beckham Jr. or Ndamukong Sue coming to the Chiefs? I've answered this many times, but I'll answer it again. As far as Odell Beckham Jr. goes, first of all, I'm not opposed to either player. Uh, I think the Chiefs could use some help at the receiver position. I think 
The Chiefs could use some help at the defensive line, especially with uh, some of these marquee games. Uh, you're going to face the Chargers again. Uh, the Jaguars are looking like a competitive team. I think the Chiefs are definitely going to need him for uh, a game against the Titans. I think that's a, an underrated offense there, a team that might be able to do some damage against the Chiefs. Um, the thing with, uh, uh, yeah, but McDuffie did return to practice today. I don't know if he was limited or full. You guys have probably looked it up while I'm doing this because I'm not able to, to look that up in a second. But um, where was I going with this? I don't remember. I lost my train of thought. Can the Chiefs keep winning if the defense doesn't improve? Uh, that's hard to do. Yeah, back, yeah, yeah with the whole Odo Beckham Jr. and uh, Ndamukong Sue thing, um, yeah, with the schedule getting a little tougher, um, Thomas says actually mentioned an, an interesting question. With Odo Beckham Jr., he's still available. Okay, we're getting ready for week six. Week six starts tomorrow night. No one's signing Odo Beckham Jr., and there's a reason for it. No one's signing Nandamakan Sue, and there's a reason for it. Um, because usually by by the time you reach this point of the season, getting ready for week six, there are certain times where, you know, you know players are, or teams rather, are in a desperation situation. Uh, look, I would not put it past the Raiders if they reached out to Odell Beckham Jr. Because Devontae Adams is going to serve a suspension of some sort soon. And even if he doesn't, they need to give Derek Carr as much firepower as they can. Because nothing is working for the Raiders. The only team the Raiders beat, the Broncos. A team that can hardly score the fucking football. I mean, that's the only team you can beat. Yeah, I know Sue played dirty and all that stuff. Uh, that's one reason why a lot of people don't want him. Yeah, see, Joshua just said, I'd rather have Sue, but can't stand the guy. Uh, yeah, Justin Houston's still available. Uh, I know Eric Fisher's available. Some have mentioned him because of the offensive tackle woes. Here's my thing. I'm not opposed to any of this. But if those guys are still available now, why are they still available? I don't know. Not sure why. Speaking of not knowing why certain people do certain things, Devontae Adams, let's talk about this. Because this has dominated Sports Talk Radio today. Um, here's the thing. I try to listen to as many reactions as possible on ESPN Radio, Mad Dog Sports Radio, uh, the NFL channel on SiriusXM, as well as a lot of social media comments. Because, obviously, this happened in Kansas City, so I'm obviously very interested about this. But also, uh, I'm a former member of the media. I've uh, I've been on the sidelines with a camera. And if it's not a camera, I've been on the sidelines for high school games with um, with one of those. I think they call it a parabral mic. I, I can't remember the exact name. Not a shotgun mic. Um, the ones that have that... Uh, it looks like a big bowl, uh, but I think they've even updated that technology and used something else now. Uh, but this whole thing with with Devontae Adams, I've seen the video many times, so I don't need anyone telling me to go back and look at the video. 
the guy who's working, who, by the way, is apparently a college student and was freelancing for Monday Night Football. So he was working for ESPN that night. It was his first day on the job, according to his attorney. Um, But what he did, I don't think was really anything terrible. I've even seen someone say, oh, he shouldn't have harassed uh, Devontae Adams. I don't know what your definition of harassing is. Certainly was not that. Um, I've also seen some people say that the tunnel, uh, you know, players are trying to get to the tunnel and he needs to move out of the way. Folks, I have gone in and out of that tunnel a few times before, including last week. My brother and I actually did a tour there last week, which is a lot of fun. That tunnel is not as narrow as it looks from that camera angle. Okay. Yeah. Parabolic Mike. Yeah. Deborah. Uh, that's what I was thinking of. I call it a parabolic Mike. Uh, but yeah, parabolic Mike. Yeah, that's uh, I, I've held those a couple of times for um, for Metro Sports and for ESPN actually. Uh, I did it for Metro Sports doing a high school game, and I did it for um, I did it for ESPN doing a Wizards game back when they were called the Wizards, and they were playing at the um, I, don't, I I think Community America Ballpark where the T Bones played. They're now called the the Monarchs, but yeah, I've done it a couple of times. Um, it's actually pretty cool. Uh, at one point, I actually turned up the um, the speakers I had the, the, on my uh, the headphones, and I actually pointed the microphone to the crowd. You could actually pick up some really good audio with that. So if you wonder how it's possible to hear the players on the field, those parabolic mics they uh, they do a really good job of picking picking things up. It's actually pretty cool uh, if you ever get a chance to do that. But um, this whole thing with Adams, okay. The guy is carrying equipment. It wasn't a camera. It wasn't a, uh, a, a, a video camera or anything. It wasn't a microphone. It wasn't light. It might have been lights. It was apparently camera equipment. And that's what he was carrying. Devontae Adams just shoves the guy to the ground forcefully. Okay? This is not an accident. This is not bumping into someone. This is not... I mean, listen... I know he's pissed off with the way things ended. Okay, he he clashed with uh, Renfro on the field, and then prior to that, he had a catch which was overturned. Which, by the way, Raiders fans are convinced that he caught it. He clearly bobbles it. Um, it was the right call to move it back, but he he's upset with the way things ended. He he was seen on the sidelines throwing his helmet in frustration, kind of like the the Broncos player, but. In this town, I've been in the Chiefs locker room after a lot of losses. I've been in the KU football, not the locker room, but in the room where the players are made available to the media after many losses, okay? Uh, I know people who have covered many Royals games through many years, and obviously we all know the Royals are historically a very bad team. There have been a lot of bad teams here with KU football, the Chiefs, and the Royals, okay? There's been a lot of bad... There, there's been a lot of losing seasons around these parts, okay? The only time I can ever recall an incident that didn't necessarily get physical, but if you guys remember Hal McRae, he was upset with a question that John Doolittle asked him. So he starts tossing things everywhere. He grabs uh, uh, some of the microphones that the reporters place in front of him. He starts grabbing those and is throwing them everywhere. And I believe Alan Askew, who is an editor for, last I checked, I believe he was editing for Kansas City Sports and Fitness Magazine. I freelanced for them a couple of times. Uh, so I've worked with him a little bit. 
I believe he actually got hit with one of those things that were being thrown around. That's the only time I can ever recall an incident where someone in this town uh, did something like that to the media. Have I? Has anyone ever bumped into a player or a cameraman or a camera equipment? Yes. Have photographers on the sidelines been hit with a football or maybe a player ran into them? Yes. Those are all accidental. I saw some Raiders blogger put out some tweets saying that, you know, he's had cameras, camera lens get broken. He's had players bump into them and he's never, he's never sued. A player accidentally bumping into you and a football being thrown at you uh, unintentionally is completely different than a player just shoving you like the way Devontae Adams did. So I'm really shocked that there are people who are comparing these situations. Hey, I don't, I don't get it in this world sometimes. We all saw the same footage, okay? Uh, there aren't many angles of this. I, I saw the, a second angle of this, which doesn't really show much. It's, it, it essentially shows the same thing. But we all saw the same thing. We saw Devontae Adams with two hands shove this guy to the ground. He froze for a moment and stared at him and continued walking on. And if you think for a minute... By the way, if you're any of, if you're one of those people who believes uh, Devontae Adams' apology, which I'm pulling up right now, um, oh, he deleted it. He deleted the apology. Well, shit. It's a good thing screenshots exist. I'm gonna go pull that up real quickly. I, I, I have a lot of pictures. I yeah. Let me see if I can. Um, I was texting my dad. This, let me see if I can uh, find the apology. I can't see that there. Um, yeah, okay. So in his apology tweet, which he has deleted now, he says, sorry to the guy I pushed over after the game. Obviously very frustrated, blah, 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 bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. Uh, I felt horrible immediately. If you really felt horrible immediately, you would have helped the guy up. But you didn't. The only reason you feel horrible immediately and you're writing my apologies in capital words is because someone from the Raiders PR department, and this is what a PR department does, they see what they see what's going viral and there are several people in a PR department too for for sports teams they see what's being talked about on social media and they quickly approach you and let you know what's what's going on and that you might get asked about this i don't know if you guys can uh, i don't know if you guys remember in 2014 there was an incident where von miller uh had like a roughing the passer a call on him when he was going after alex smith and kelsey does the um Rolling the dice, hand gesture, if you guys know what I'm talking about. Now, Kelsey was standing behind the referee when he did that. So it almost appears as if Kelsey is doing that gesture at the referee. Now, I still recall this because that was a Sunday night football game. Kelsey, because that was, that, that turned into a gif real quickly. Everyone was talking about that gesture. Kelsey immediately tweeted about it after the game. Do you think Kelsey knows what's being talked about on Twitter? No, he's he's in the middle of a football game. He tweeted about it immediately once he got to the locker room. Why? Because the Chiefs PR department informed him, hey, Travis, this is all over Twitter and they're talking about it. You might 
be asked about this by the media. If you want to tweet about it, go ahead and do that. So, Devontae Adams was informed 100% that this is being talked about. Okay? By the way, all these people who are saying, oh, you can barely call that a shove, these are the same people who are defending Kareem Hunt still to this day, saying that he barely kicked the woman. Yet, if they were ever kicked the same way, or if they were shoved by a player of, uh, of, of a division rival, they would be doing the same thing that this guy did. Oh, he didn't get hurt. He did, His head didn't hit the ground. He didn't get a concussion. How the hell do you know? Were you the doctor at the hospital? Were you at the hospital? Did you evaluate him? Uh, by the way, how is it that everybody is suddenly a legal expert or, and, and a doctor? I don't understand the society sometimes. Whenever they're, the whole Willie Gay thing, I saw actual attorneys on Twitter saying that he's not going to get suspended for this. Really? Actual attorneys who said this. A lot of people really just need to stick their nose in their own business and not pretend like they're... Listen, I don't mind anyone talking about these things. I'm doing it. But I'm not pretending to be some some lawyer or some doctor. Okay? All these doctors from home who got their degrees from Facebook and Twitter universities are out here talking about, you know, what, what's allowed, what's not allowed in the court of law, you know, whether or not this guy really got hurt or has a minor concussion like it says in the police report or maybe a concussion, which all of it is, is weird. But, you know, were you the one, were you the doctor who evaluated him? Get out of here with that. By the way, I've said this in response to a few people on Facebook who've come after me for this. If you really think the shove is not a big deal, as some Raiders fans have said, go to the grocery store, okay? Shove, uh, shove a grocery store employee the same way. Let me know how it goes. Oh, that's right. You're not going to do it. No way would you dare doing that. You're going to defend Devontae Adams and say it's not a big deal the way he did it, but you're not going to do it in public. Get out of here. Miss me with that. I don't understand people defending this, okay? He shoves the guy to the ground. Um, I get he's pissed off, but the tunnel's not that narrow. You can just walk around, okay? Um, it's an it, it's just dumb to defend. Uh, yeah, he was running across the tunnel, Patricia. Alexander says, what team uh, has surprised you uh, so far? Well, look, I'll say it. I think the Raiders are still a surprise to me, the way they're, they've started the season. Uh, that's a bad surprise, a good surprise. I'd probably say the two teams playing on Sunday Night Football, the Eagles, who are undefeated, and the Cowboys without Dak Prescott with Cooper Rush. Listen, I'll even say it. A lot of people don't want to hear it. A lot of people, a lot of former Cowboys don't want to hear it. I would start Cooper Rush ahead of Dak Prescott. I don't care if Dak's 100% healthy. Okay? Cooper Rush is the reason why the Cowboys are where they are today. I'm not convinced they would still be 4-1 with Dak Prescott. I'm sorry. I'm just not sold on the guy. Okay? I like his story. He's a good person and all. But I am not convinced that the Cowboys will be, would be 4-1 and one with Dak Prescott. I'm just not. You got to go with Cooper Rush. I don't see how you don't. If I'm an NFL team that's desperate for a quarterback, and if they if they want to stay with Dak Prescott and move on from, from Rush, I would 100% be on the phone with Rush's agent. I mean, I think that guy's got, got, got the ability to be a starting quarterback in the NFL, either in Dallas or elsewhere. Thomas says he deleted the apology, probably the advice of the Lord. Yeah, probably, but 
But here's the thing. Like, okay, I get that. You're you're just listening to your attorney or your lawyer. We live in a world where screenshots are a thing. I mean, you you tweet the shadiest thing, it's going to get screenshot and it's going to be everywhere. So I'm not really sure what you really accomplished by deleting it. Again, I, I, that'd be more for the lawyer, which I agree with you. It's probably advice from him. Melissa says his apology is worthless considering he made excuses and didn't mean a word. Yeah, I mean, uh, come on. Uh, what did he say? Um, he ran in front of me. Come on. The, the, the tunnel is not that narrow, folks. Yeah, he was made to say sorry. Listen, I don't have a problem when when people put out statements. Um, a lot of times they're told uh, what to say. They get help from that. A lot of times I think, you know, if anyone ever does anything publicly, uh, if you're given a speech or, um, you know, you, you, there's something you, you want to say to someone, uh, maybe in a relationship and maybe you're looking to, to a friend on how to say it the right way. Um, there are people get help on how to say things, but in things like this, when you're apologizing, yeah, I, I, I don't think so. If you really met that, and if you really felt bad immediately, as he claims, you would have helped the guy up at the very least. And I think a lot of this would be, would not even be talked about. Not even be talked about. Uh, Eddie says that's up to the court to decide evidence is there. And that was BS. Melissa says, I love some of the comments. Trying to use Hill as an example in the situation, his college court. Oh, I mean, it's not even the same thing. I mean, even in the uh, audio clip, Tyreek accuses her of lying, and she doesn't even deny that. So, I, yeah, I heard a Raiders fan call into the radio, call into NFL Sirius XM's channel, uh, and is immediately he brings up the Adams thing and quickly reverts to, oh, but they were throwing things at him, and security did nothing. How do you know security did nothing? How do you know that? I love people who call into radio shows and think they know what did and didn't happen. Um, I disagree, by the way, with the uh, throwing the can thing. I've even mentioned that. Um, by the way, this leads me to my next thing, because I know there's been a lot of bad PR with the Raiders because of the whole penalty situation. And then Devontae Adams, the way the game ended for them. Uh, Jermaine Ilya Menor, I probably messed that up. He's a right tackle. I have to Google his name. I did not know who he was. He claims a Chiefs fan, or Chiefs fans, plural, shouted racial slurs at the Raiders when they were going to the locker room at halftime. And in a follow-up tweet, because a lot of people accused him of lying, he says there's a police officer who confirmed it. Since when does a police officer confirm these things? Like, did he did he confirm it publicly? I don't, what does that mean? What does that mean? A, a police officer confirmed that there were racial slurs being shouted. Was he like, yep, yep, I hear the racial slurs. That, that, that makes no sense. Did he, like, confer with the cop to make sure he confirms it? That makes no sense. Uh, makes no sense at all. Um, yeah, I do agree. Kareem just needed to tell the truth in that one there. Um, and I know a lot of people are mentioning... By the way, this is actually a really good segue, uh, Bo. Um, a lot of people are saying that the woman shouted a racial slur to Kareem Hunt. Where's the evidence of that? Because here's the thing, with this whole uh, Raiders right tackle making the claim that the Chiefs fans were shouting racial slurs, how do we know this? And I want proof of this. And a couple people, because this is the world we live in in 2022, and this is part of the reason why our country is so divided, 
Michael says I got mine from Dr. Pepper University. Okay, all right. I like that. I like that. Um, part of the reason we have this big divide, not just in sports or society, I mean, obviously politically as well, a lot of people just want to make baseless claims, and we have to believe it. And if we don't believe it, we're hypocrites, we're liars, we're in disbelief, we're in denial, um, or racist. Uh, a couple people came after me today and said that because I wanted evidence of racial slurs being shouted, that I'm a racist for this, which is just comical. I mean, that's what we're resorting to in 2022, but it's not a surprise. Um, here's my thing. By the way, I'm not one of those fans that says, oh, my my team's fan base never does this. I remember, who was it? Was it Draymond Green? Uh, when uh, the Warriors were at the Celtics and Celtics fans were chanting curse words and Draymond Green's wife was on Instagram saying that, you know, it's classless and it's uncalled for because kids are out there, they hear this, and that Warriors fans would never do this. First of all, that is some of the biggest bullshit ever, okay? Every single fan base and every single sport has assholes, Okay. This is not breaking news. This is a fact. So when Draymond Green's wife put that all out there on social media, I immediately called it out. Okay? Um, There's actual footage of Warriors fans shouting things. Um, At LeBron James, too. And I know people don't like LeBron James, but that's not the point. The point is, there's evidence of Warriors fans doing this. So if she wants to play this game, if anyone wants to play this game that my fan base never does this, that's complete bullshit, okay? Um, I will say this. I do think it's very ironic that Raiders fans of all fan bases are crying about this, are crying about a drink being thrown at the players, okay? Do we need to go over the Raiders' history and what they've thrown over the years, Okay. Save the complaints, Raiders fans, because uh, this is this is probably one you want to sit out. By all means, I'm not def- I'm not using this as a way to defend Chiefs fans or whoever the Chiefs fan was that threw the drink, and I think Max Crosby threw it back, which I thought was actually funny. Um, but yeah, that's uncalled for. That shouldn't happen. I criticized the uh, fan who was uh, doing the whole laser pointing thing at Tom Brady. And by the way, I don't know how the hell they found the fan, but they ended up finding him uh, somehow. Um, that that's uncalled for. That's not something you ever do. You don't ever do that. Um, but the, the, the claim of a racial slur, listen, that's a very strong claim. Okay? I was at Allegiant Stadium a couple months ago for a concert in a Chiefs shirt. Okay? If I made a claim as a Middle Eastern that they were shouting racial slurs at me, am I to just say that and expect everyone to believe me? No. That's complete bullshit. If you're going to make a very strong accusation. Were there a couple Raiders fans teasing me? Yeah, they were. It was all friendly banter. Nothing serious. Um, in fact, Raiders employees were actually really nice to me. Uh, that was kind of a surprise. I've actually dealt with a lot of rude employees at Arrowhead before. Uh, but neither here nor there. Um, listen, there are terrible fans at every fan base. I don't care if you're from Kansas City or if you're from New York or if you're from Chicago, Tampa Bay, wherever. There are shitty fans across every fan base in every sport. This is why I hate in college. This is so common. You know, college fans are like, oh, our, our fans would never do it. Yes, they would sit down and shut up. Okay. Um, the biggest bullshit you can ever hear from a sports fan's mouth is that their fan base would never say such mean or unsportsmanlike comments. Okay. 
it, it's the biggest horse crap ever. I'm just reading some of you guys' comments right now. So for those listening to the podcast version, wondering why I'm silent. Joshua says Crosby should have thrown whatever it was back in the credit. I think he did, Joshua. I think he did. Uh, Chris says can't be more confused by the NFL backing the non uh, the Jones non-penalty. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's bad. Zachary says batteries hurt more than words. Well, I mean, listen, neither are okay. But yes, Raiders fans have thrown batteries at visiting players. And you're going to complain about this? I mean, Raiders fans of all fan bases should probably sit this one out. Come on. Uh, Daniel says not only is the tunnel not narrow, but he if he had the time to get his hands up to shove him, then he had the time to either stop or juke or anything else to keep... Yeah, 100% Daniel. If you have the time to... That's actually a good point. I've never thought of it that way. If you have the time to shove that person like a, like a complete coward, then you have the time to just walk around him or just wait half a damn second. Um, I mean, if the cameraman stood in the way and was trying to like bother him, okay, that's the only time I can ever, by the way, Charlie Weiss was comparing that incident to the fan from the Monday night football game last week who uh, ran onto the field. What idiot compares the two when there is a fan running on the field shirtless with a smoke bomb. Uh, by the way, how the hell are people getting smoke bombs into the stadium? Okay? They're not they're not allowing GoPros inside stump stadiums. But somehow smoke bombs are being snuck in. I don't know what security work needs to be improved at these stadiums, but this is kind of concerning to me. A little off topic there, but um yeah, when there's a guy actually disrupting the game, yeah, he deserves to get taken down. That is completely different than a guy actually doing his job carrying camera equipment, getting shoved forcefully with two hands by Devontae Adams, a guy who's obviously much bigger and stronger than him. I find it funny that he was actually trying to justify shoving the dude. Uh, yeah. I find it funny that there are a lot of Raiders fans trying to justify it. By the way, all these people who are, who are defending him saying, oh, you must be perfect. A lot of people do this. A lot of people did this for the Kareem Hunt thing. A lot of people did this for Richard Sherman when he was trying very hard to break into his in-law's house, which was caught on camera. A lot of people like to defend players and say, oh, you must be perfect. No, I'm not perfect. I've made mistakes, but I've never shoved someone to the ground. I've never broken into, you know, my ex-girlfriend's parents' home. I've never uh, kicked someone while they're down. So this whole bullshit of, oh, you must be perfect is the dumbest deflection ever to not want someone to get criticized. Miss me with that one also. Eliza's, how about the guy from California suing Texas Pete for the product being made in North Carolina? Okay, I know nothing about that, Elaine. I'm not saying what you're saying is false or whatever. I, I just don't know what that's about. Jeff says, LOL, the last time he juked, he ran into his own teammate. <laughs> That's pretty funny. That's some funny shit there. Uh, let me try to read a few more comments because I want to get into some week six matchups and then um, I'm going to get out of here. Uh, Melissa says, also was hearing that people wanted want charges against the people throwing beer at the players. Well, listen, I'm sure that's being taken care of. 
Again, kind of what I mentioned earlier, I heard a Raiders fan call into a radio station crying about that. How do we not know that's not that was not being taken care of? Um, I'm sure that's being taken care of, okay? I'm sure I'm sure that's that's happening. Or already has happened. Thomas says facts, every fan base has jerks. They all come in shapes and sizes, backgrounds, and financial statuses. Fans in Cali are notoriously violent. Yeah. I mean, 100%. You're going to sit here and tell me that, you know, just because they're in the Midwest or they're from Missouri, it's for sure, it for sure happened. Really? Like, we're just going to go off the fact that it's because the Midwest that it for sure happened then? I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I mean, if I, if a Chiefs player makes this accusation in, I don't know, a very diverse place like L.A., is that so, somehow not acceptable? Is that not believable because it's L.A.? I, I don't know. It's just such a dumb... I just like to... Listen, I come from the, the Tyreek Hill incident, if you guys remember, with the very heavily edited audio clips. They spliced up a lot of audio clips there, okay? Ever since that happened, I kind of took a step back and said, look, we got to be very careful here, especially when accusations are made without any proof. Um, because that whole thing has taught me innocent until proven guilty. Now, some people like to just say, hey, guilty without any any evidence. You know, innocent without, uh, you know, innocent until proven guilty. That's not a mantra everyone likes to live by, which I don't know. I, I don't understand that. Um, I just come from a world where I like to see the evidence, okay? I don't think that's a terrible thing, is it? It's ludicrous that people want to label other people uh, a racist, uh, if they don't, if they're asking for evidence, that's just stupid. Yeah, there's always a bad apple, Cindy. Uh, Riley says, "Can we vid call in?" No, because I am doing this on my computer, not my phone. Usually, for um, usually the only time I do. Okay, let me ask this because some of you guys are still here. I know some people have come in and, and left the live stream. Uh, the only time I do video call-ins are for post game. I do Red Friday live streams. I don't accept. People will usually, sometimes I'll do it on my phone. I do it more on my laptop now because uh, the connection is a little better. Which, by the way, I have someone coming in to fix the internet this week because the internet's just terrible, which none of you guys give a damn about. But hopefully it gets better because uh, we had issues after the Colts game with that. Um, but yeah, if you guys want more live streams where you guys call in let me know if a lot of people want more of that then i will do more of that 100 percent uh michael says yeah i remember when jamal charles had a big game yeah i completely forgot about that michael thanks for i'm actually gonna post that soon yeah remember when raiders fans threw uh drinks at at um at uh jamal charles or yeah jamal charles by the way what about when uh people were, were throwing a drink at tyree kill in foxborough no one said anything then Yeah, yeah, Daniel, that's Raiders fans for you. Chris says, why can we not review bad calls? Because the NFL has this big ego that they don't ever want to admit that their referees got it wrong. You can review, you know, catch, no catch. You can review some things out there, but not a referee's mistake, which is just, to me, complete bullshit. You know what's weird? You can actually review whether or not a team had 12 men on the field. Because sometimes in situations when teams are moving quickly, um, when a defense is in a hurry, sometimes there will be a guy that's still on the field when he's trying to run off the field. 
you can actually challenge as to whether or not there was a 12th player on the field. That's a penalty. So you can challenge some penalties out there. Not For some reason, you can't challenge interference or roughing. I, I don't get it. Kenneth says, do you think the Raiders are soft? I do would like to know your opinion. I mean, I don't think they're soft. It's just, you know, and listen, by all means, the whole officiating thing, that's not on the Raiders. Uh, it's really not. Uh, as much as I hate them, uh, just, like, just like all of you guys, I, I don't think it's their fault that, you know, the, the officiating's bad. Um, listen, the Raiders, the Chiefs got that really atrocious call on Chris Jones. Andy Reid got on them right before, right at halftime. And look what happened in the second half. The Raiders got hit with a lot of penalties nonstop. Um, I think they did a string of makeup calls, which I, listen, I don't like makeup calls either. Okay. I want it to be called right the first time. That way we don't have to deal with makeup calls. Um, this has happened many times. This has happened many times. You, we see it. We see a terrible call and the referees later realize it. So they do a makeup call. Um, they later realize it cause they see it on the video board when they, when the home stadium is showing the replay up there. So, um, yeah, I don't think it has anything to do with the Raiders being soft. Uh, Cindy says, I'm good with you doing post-game call-ins. I like it when you acknowledge our comments. Yeah, that's the thing. Here's one thing I will say, not, not to really compare myself to other pages. First of all, I'm just using my name. I'm not using the Chiefs uh, as part of my name to, to grow. Yeah, I post a lot of Chiefs content. I have since 2009. I created this page in 2009, back when it was called the Chiefs Zone. Um... There are pages that have double, triple, quadruple the followers I have, but they cannot even pull in the numbers I'm pulling in. Imagine that. And I think part of that is uh, I do a good job of connecting with you guys, and I, I take pride in that. That's one thing we do on this page. There are a lot of people who just post things and don't even want to take time to interact with the, with the followers. They don't give a damn about their followers. They just like to have a high, high number of followers, and that's it. Um, they don't ever interact or connect with their followers. And that's, uh, something we do different on this page than we do with other pages. And this is not a chiefs page per se. I just post about the chiefs the most. We, we talk about other things. Um, but chiefs pages, no, obviously they just talk about the chiefs, maybe occasionally the Royals once in a while, but that's it. And again, a lot of these chiefs pages, they do live streams kind of like this. They can't even pull in close to the same numbers as I do. And they've got more followers than me. Imagine that. That 12-man thing is pretty shady at times. Yeah, I mean, it is, but it, it's you're, you're allowed to review it. Um, it's, it's a reviewable thing. Why is that reviewable but not, not anything else? Jeff says the problem is the NFL has made too many penalties subjective. No, that's one thing for sure, Jeff. Uh, totally my same thought. Make up so we don't get shanked. Yeah. Yeah, that, that happens for sure. Uh, real quickly, to get out of here, uh, I want to talk about some Week 6 matchups. There are a lot of good slate of games this weekend. And if you're going to do a parlay this weekend, good luck with that because it's going to be – there are some really tough games to predict this week. Uh, I just got a notification. Just wanted to make sure it wasn't anything breaking news related to what we're talking about. Uh, okay, 3-2 and two Jets at the 3-2 and two Packers. Aaron Rodgers, he's had a, a – he's not the Aaron Rodgers we, we all – no, he's had a very different season. The Jets, they're one of the uh, the surprises this year. Someone was asking about surprises. I would say both New York teams, the Jets and the Giants. Um, that's going to be a fun matchup. The Jaguars at the Colts. 
The Jags are 2-3. and three, The Colts are 2-2-1. Two, two, and one. So matchup-wise, when you look at their records, not the most enticing thing, but it is a divisional matchup. The Jaguars have already destroyed the Colts, but the Jaguars have not been very consistent either. They've looked great at times. They look like a team that the Chiefs might have problems with. Then they look just completely horrible at times, losing to the Texans of all teams. So I'm curious to see this one. It might, it might be the least enticing game out of the six that I'm going to mention here. But I really want to know uh, how does Matt Ryan and how do Matt Ryan and the Colts step up after last week's weird win, and how do the Jaguars respond after losing to the Texans? That's what I want to know. The four and one Vikings at the three and two Dolphins. The Dolphins obviously still going to be without Tua, but they still have a really good supporting cast at wide receiver there, uh, and you still have Gasecki. The Vikings, I, I think they're having a good season as well. Some people weren't expecting it. Kirk Cousins doing pretty well. A lot of Vikings fans were not happy about Kirk Cousins being brought back. Uh, how to how to, how does does do things change a little bit this week? We'll see. Three and two Ravens at the four and one Giants. Um, I would say Brian Dable right now is the coach of the year in my opinion. Brian Dable one hundred percent the coach of the year, and Nick Sirianni is right behind him. Um, listen, the Eagles. A lot of people still thought the Eagles would do well. I didn't, uh, but a lot of people still thought the Eagles would do well. So that's the only reason why I have Sirianni second at this point right now. Brian Dayball is a first-year coach. And this is a guy who, listen, as Chiefs fans, we remember him. He was a horrible offensive coordinator here. But he went to Alabama. He went to Buffalo. And he worked under some really good head coaches. And he learned a lot of things from, from, uh, from other guys. I'm sure Nick Saban played a big hand in that. So here he is now in New York doing a great job with the Giants. And they just got a big, big win over the Packers in London. So uh, definitely uh, definitely uh, curious to see how the Giants try to uh, continue what they're doing against a really good Ravens team. By the way, I know a lot of people talk about, oh, my team should be 5-0 and because of this and that. If there's any team that I think should be 5-0 and right now, it should be the Ravens. They had two losses where they had big leads, one against the Dolphins, the other against the Bills. They blew both of them. They completely went to sleep in the second half. Um, the Ravens are a team that probably, if there's, of all the should-be teams that should be 5-0, and the Ravens absolutely should be 5-0. and So I'm curious to know uh, what, the, um, what the Ravens are going to do. Kerry says, what do you think about Justin Fields so far? I'll be honest, I have not watched much Bears football to even have uh, a, a, an informed opinion on that. I'm obviously going to watch it tomorrow night. Uh, I'm not. No one's excited about that matchup tomorrow. If you thought last week's game was bad, what about this upcoming one tomorrow? Carson Wentz is awful. Um, I mean, if Justin Fields cannot outplay Carson Wentz and lead the Bears to victory, I mean, they, they, they got to do anything else. Or they got to do something with uh, with the quarterback. If anyone should be 5-0, it should be the Chiefs. Yeah, suppose. Um, I mean, they beat themselves. Uh, listen, a lot of teams beat themselves in certain situations. But yeah, I, I can I can get behind that one, Daniel. Of course. I mean, I'm a Chiefs fan. Why not? Uh, the last two games, Bills-Chiefs. Uh, I'll go in, in, into detail with this during the Red Friday live stream. But that is going to be a damn good game. I'm expecting a shootout in this one. I think this could be the highest scoring game of the season. For sure. And then the last one, 401 Cowboys, 5-0 Eagles. Uh, I kind of touched on this already, the Cowboys. I really like what they're doing with uh, with Cooper Rush. And the Eagles, I mean, they're continuing. To, they're the only unbeaten team at this point. 
I will say this right now. I will actually give you a prediction for this one. I'm picking the Cowboys to pull off the upset. I like their defense. I like what Cooper Rush is doing. I think they they really got a good chance to uh, pull off the upset and um, hand the Eagles their first loss. And uh, we can now have a season where there is no goose egg on anyone's record on the win column and on the loss column. All right, I'm going to get out of here. My name is Farzim Vesugian. Big thanks to all of you listening to the live version of this podcast on the Facebook page, facebook.com slash Vesugian. We'll do more of these. I enjoy doing more of these uh, live podcasts. Um, so we'll definitely do uh, more of these. We have, what, more than 200 comments. So big thanks to all of you guys for uh, doing this on the live stream here. Uh, are you ever going to live stream on YouTube? Um, I've thought about this because we've grown on Instagram and Twitter a lot lately. Uh, YouTube, I don't really have... I don't know how many followers I have on YouTube. Um, I know there's a way to uh, do a multi-stream. Uh, I think it's called StreamYard, where you can do it on YouTube and Facebook and Twitch. Um, a lot of people have mentioned Twitch, by the way. If I would ever like stream video games on Twitch, I don't know. I don't know if any of you guys would really care for me to care to watch me play video games. I know you can make good money doing that, um, but I don't know. I mean, I have a Twitch account, but I don't have any followers on there. Um, can't believe this game is not primetime game and any chance to get flexed. No, it's too late to get it flexed. And besides, I think it's it's fair to have the Eagles and Cowboys on Sunday night. Listen, the Bills and Chiefs game is going to be a nationally televised game. Every market will get it. So it's essentially like a, a primetime game. It, it's essentially Kansas City's third primetime game in a row. So I, I've got no issues with it. Um, but as far as the YouTube question, yeah, I'd like to consider doing uh, YouTube as well. I used to do YouTube a long time ago, uh, back when it first started out, but you know, it's hard to, you know, YouTube is not what it is now. It's so easy to get viewers now. So yeah, I would consider maybe doing a, a YouTube thing if, um, if enough people are willing to watch it. Obviously, I, I, most of my followers are on Facebook, so it, it makes sense to do it here. Um, so I, I, I like doing that, but I would be down to do a YouTube, uh, multi live stream where I'm doing it on Facebook and YouTube. Maybe on Twitch as well. Uh, my friend Melody, Melody McAllister. Go follow her if you're not already. She's been on the podcast many times. She's an author. Um, and she's got another book she's working on. Uh, she's told me about StreamYard. I got to call her up and uh, ask her for um, for how that whole thing works. Because I know she can help me out with that for sure. Okay, I'm out of here, guys. Farzee Vasugian. Make sure you follow me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, wherever. Share the links uh, if you enjoy it. Please invite your friends to the Facebook page. Share the uh, live stream links and also share the podcast links. And again, for those of you watching live, if you're not subscribed to the podcast, please subscribe to it. Please go to the Apple uh, uh, version of the podcast. Give it a five-star review. I would greatly appreciate that. So if you guys can do that, uh, please uh, make sure you uh, take a quick minute to do that. All right. I'm Farzim Vasugan. I'm out of here, guys. Thank you so much. Have a great night. Enjoy the rest of your Wednesday. Peace out.